0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. The Ville Church provides all its resources for free. If you have been blessed by this ministry, please consider giving financially. For more information on how to give and other resources, please visit www.theville.church. So let's pray before we start this morning. Um bow your heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just uh, praise you. We thank you for this time together this morning. Um, God, we thank you, Father, that uh, you're just the fact that we're here breathing, the fact that you, you know, woke us up this morning that we were, um, I imagine some of us woke up didn't feel like even coming here at all, and uh, and that happens, but we're glad that we actually are here, Father Lord. And uh, God, I pray this morning that we're able, that I'm able to encourage um, the women in our church, the mothers in our church, Father Lord, and I pray that you just give me grace to be able to preach this message well. Not sure why I'm allowed to preach it, but nevertheless you have us here and this is what you called us to do and we just ask for your grace humbly asking for it father lord um i thank you for um for just moms father lord just period inside of the church um in the literal sense father lord and and just the example that um they are for society um in the way they speak truth into our lives father lord so i just give you praise for your um your plan that you have for us and what you've done by way of family, Father, Lord, and community. Um, And we just praise you and we thank you for that this morning. Amen. Amen. All right, church. Um, If you can, go ahead to John 19. We're going to start off in John 19 this morning. So I was telling somebody the other day that... um, Fellas hit that clock for me, start it from the beginning for me. Um, I was telling somebody the other day that when it comes to preaching um, a Mother's Day sermon, it's actually the hardest sermon that I preach every single year. Um, And it is because just, you know, kind of a whole slew of things. Number one in my mind, I'm thinking to myself like, what in the world am I doing preaching this sermon? Number one, right? And then, um, you know, we have a really big family, so I have the ladies in my house and, and they're constantly calling me out on just like, just certain things I need to repent of, just epiphanies I'm having in my old age or whatever, right? Stuff in my heart um, that, you know, God, I feel like it's pricking in my heart about how to love my brothers and sisters or specifically in this case, my sisters, my wife, my daughter and everything, right? And uh, and, I, and as I get older, I'm going, growing more and more convicted of it. And, um, but, At the same time that it's a hard sermon to kind of get in the word and kind of pull out, it's also one of my, um, I enjoy it the most at the same time. Because I feel like what comes out of digging in the scripture every year for Mother's Day, to me is just like always feel like I'm really in awe and overwhelmed by like what God shows me out of the word. And so today I'm hoping that I could really communicate this to you well. Um, So it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm not going to try to preach it cute. I'm just going to preach it. All right. Y'all all right with that? I know I usually do the moonwalk and everything when I'm preaching, but I'm not doing it today. That's what I mean. I don't do that for real. I'm just joking. But anyway, I just want to preach it. I just want to preach it as how I feel like God gave it to me. And one of the things when it comes to, um, I think we, on Mother's Day, like, you know, of course we break out the Hallmark cards and everything else, but it's a hard day for a lot of people, Right. We have moms in our church that have lost their kids. We have um, people who are, you know, they want to have kids. They're not able to have kids. We have people who are in their singleness, and they're they're pushing through that, and, and, you know, they dream about having a family, right? Um, And so there's so many different dynamics around the idea of of Mother's Day, um, and I don't think that we always do a very, very good job at celebrating all of those dynamics, but I believe that the Scripture um, does a beautiful thing with it. So... We're gonna to point to that, right? You know, one of the things we talk about, I think we want to Hallmark card like the perfect mother. But in the scripture, when you talk about moms, like what does that actually look like? When we see Jesus standing with women in the Bible, we see all kinds of things, right? Even some of the patriarchs of the Bible, right? We look at Eve, she lost her son to violence. We look at Ruth, she became a widow at an early age. Um, Sarah struggled with fertility, right? But then on the flip side, you see Jesus who stands with the woman who was caught in adultery. He's with the woman at the well when traditionally it's like, oh, you don't go do that and all of that stuff or whatever, right? The mother who ate her last meal and was prepared to die with her child, God supplies for her. So I think the scripture shows this this thing where God is close to women, right? In the Bible. And it's beautiful. But I don't think we, as I said already, I don't think we esteem that well and I'm praying today that I'm able to do that for all of our encouragement. So it's John 19 I'm um, started verse 23 already. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus they took his garments and divided them into four parts one part for each soldier also his tunic but the tunic was seamless woven in one piece from top to bottom and they said to one another let us not tear it but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be This was to fulfill the scripture which says, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, which was John, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. So there's an amazing thing happening right there in that scripture. How many people know that, you know, when you're about to die, if you got energy to say your last words, you're going to say something pretty gangster, right? Like in the movie, whenever somebody dies or whatever, they don't say something like, Yeah, I forgot I left a hot dog inside of the microwave. They don't say stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? They say stuff like, it doesn't always make sense. It might be like, blood upon blood, to the seventh power, to infinity. And it just sounds like, oh, my God, that was crazy. I don't know what that means right there. But, like, you try to say something, I imagine, when you're dying, that's like, they're going to hold on to this one when I'm gone, all right? It's your last words. You don't waste them. Well, in this story right here, Jesus is on the cross, and what I just read to you is taking place right before he's about to actually say it's finished. This is lit- the next thing he does right after this is they, they, dip a, they dip a sponge in some hyssop, which is like sour wine, and they give it to him, right? But before he does, he looks at John and he says... He looks at his mother and he says, Woman, behold your son. And then he says to John, Behold your mother. What's crazy about this is that Jesus has family, he has brothers that were present. And he could have just easily said, Hey, listen, y'all make sure y'all take care of mom. But he doesn't do that. He looks at John. And he literally takes the responsibility of his mother and places it in John's hand. And then he takes the responsibility of John and he places it in his mother's hand. What we're seeing right there is the foreshadowing of church. This new thing, this new thing I would like to call spiritual momhood, right? Spiritual motherhood, whatever you want to call it, but it's spiritual. It's birthed directly from the cross, right? And we see it in the text. He He gives them this responsibility for each other. Foreshadows this spiritual family. In Acts 20, 28, it says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Right here in this scripture, we are seeing Jesus giving his life, dying for our sins, bleeding, covered in blood, and with his last words, he's establishing this togetherness. He's actually rewriting the whole script on what being a son is and motherhood. Y'all with me? He just gave a whole brand new identity, right? He does it right there on the cross. This is redeeming for me to, to read for even myself. It really hit me really heavy because... I've been intentionally, I talk about us in the church as brothers and sisters. And I think people like, you know, sometimes maybe it's not true, but in my mind, I kind of feel like people are like, oh, that's cute. But it's actually not cute. It's actually literally in the word of God that we are brothers and sisters. Right. It doesn't feel like it all the time. And we want to treat each other like that all the time. But my kids don't treat each other like they brothers and sisters all the time, either. It's something in faith established by the blood of Jesus on the cross but it is a real thing, right? Like if we are actually followers of Jesus Christ, it is actually our inheritance that in the body of believers, we inherit mothers, daughters, sons, brothers, sisters. If you can go to, math, go to Mark 10, we're gonna start in verse 23 there also. It says, and Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult Peter began to say to him, see, we have left everything and followed you. And then Jesus said, listen to this. This is the mega bomb right here. Watch this. Truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children's and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last in the last first. Did you catch that? He says, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. What time? In this time. Now in this time. So what is he talking about right there? He is talking about the church. He's talking about the body of Christ. This is, what he, this is the work he's foreshadowing on the cross. He's like, there's nobody who's left this stuff or whatever that is going to not get this a hundred times over plus. First Timothy 5, 1, it says like this, it says, do not rebuke, rebuke an older man harshly, but extort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and young women as sisters with absolute purity. When we talk about waking up every day, seeking God, because I know that y'all do that every single day. That was supposed to be, maybe y'all do. I need to repent then. I've missed a day or two. All right. Okay. But. We, we, we One of our values in this church is actually stopping, slowing down to be with God, right? And in your personal time, you contend with that. Maybe you slip sometimes, I don't know. But, like, we do that because as we spend time with God, we become more and more like God, right? And we actually want to take what he says in his scriptures and his word seriously. And it's crazy in that particular verse in 1 Timothy, when he ends this whole thing, he says, with absolute purity, right? But he's, he's saying, he's talking about that family once again, this new spiritual family that is given to us as an inheritance from Jesus' work on the cross. These, these are not blood relationships. These are blood of Jesus relationships. You understand? So like, it, it, it kills the whole idea of nonchalantness that we can, we've, we've, we've in American Christianity that we've adopted where we go to church and we're just like, and the people are just some people over there or whatever. I know him or whatever this and that. We're supposed to be praying for each other, right? We're like family. That's what it's talking about. It may, and here's the thing. It's not talking about walk around, pretend, and play the games. It's talking about by obedience, lean into it because it's a part of God's plan. You don't even have to understand it completely well. We don't grasp the magnificent things of God, but it is God's plan for sure. So you can lean into it and actually are called to lean into it. Because if you're leaning against it, then you're actually working against Jesus' work on the cross. And I don't know about you, I don't want to play with the last words of Jesus. You get where I'm coming from? We're talking about an inheritance. A hundredfold. Mothers. We are looking at a spiritual family spiritual parents, spiritual brothers and sisters, spiritual sons and daughters. What's absolutely crazy about this is because this has nothing to do with how good you think you are. It's something that's purchased by the blood of Jesus. It's good news For moms, when I started off, I started talking about all the different dynamics we see surrounding women and the things that they go through and have to endure, and and us as parents, you know, the loss of a kid, um, 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 miscarriages, so many different things. But God, who's on the cross, dying for a sinful world, and a world that Romans 8-wise is subject to futility and will be dishing out hardships for as long as we're walking on it, breathing and living, is on the cross speaking for the redemptive plan for our hurts and our woes that we're going to face. Right? When he looks up the street and he sees families being torn apart about sin by sin, he is on the cross as he is fading away into death, only to rise again, he is actually spitting the words of life that are actually going to bring families together in a brand new way. He is he is breathing life into motherhood he's calling all ladies all women your mother that's that's in the scripture right there your position in the church if you are fully leaning into the inheritance that god gives us from the cross then it says that like maybe maybe you're in a different place maybe right now you're a daughter and maybe, or maybe you're just, maybe you're in a place where you're a sister. It's all, it's all bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, but it's, it's showing us this trajectory of as we grow in Christ and actually mature in age that we take on the status of momhood, right? Speaking to the ladies specifically. Young men, you, you may be young right now or whatever, right? Maybe you're, maybe you're in your 20s, but even though you're in your 20s or whatever, guess what? You'll be a father to somebody inside of Kidsville. you would spiritually be fathering them if you are, if you are leaning into the Lord and you're actually preaching the gospel and you 're pouring into these young kids and encouraging them it's a different status from like, "Oh, I just got a task to do today." It gives it a whole nother face. Would you agree? It calls us to a whole nother responsibility, but it's not even it 's not even I don't even want to say it like that, it is a responsibility, but I don't even want you to just think of it as work, because it's a beautiful gift. It's a gift, it's, 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 God, it's God giving us redemption of when we look out the doors, I don't know about you, but I know some broken people, like people with families that are ripped to shreds, maybe you're one of them. It's a grievous thing to look at, to deal with, to endure. And God gives us a family in the body of Christ. He responds. He responds. The thing about this spiritual motherhood thing though, right? This idea of spiritual moms. I Almost didn't want to use the term, because some of you may have been in churches before and have heard people actually abuse that term. I know people who are believers and they go to churches and and they have leadership that uses the term spiritual dad, spiritual mom, and they use it to actually lord power over them. I just want to, I want to make that statement, and the reason I want to make this statement to you is because if you're sitting in the crowd right now, and if God is doing this work in your heart where you're like, I never saw this, and I've never thought of it like this, and like, God, I actually want to take this really serious. Like, I actually want to grow in you. And I actually want to be a spiritual mom to those around me. or I want to be a spiritual sisters to my younger brothers and sisters who are in the church and trying to make their way or whatever. Like, I want to be able to encourage them. Like, if you're taking it like that, or if you're a, a brother in Christ and you're like, man, I need, to, I need to straighten up or whatever. I've been looking kind of sideways at some of my sisters. I want to, I want to do the right thing, right? I want, to, I want to honor what God has actually died for and put together. I want you to understand it's about service, right? These positions are about service. The, 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 the exclamation point of God's family structure is always about servitude, foot washing, soul care, discipleship. He tells us, he says, the Gentiles structure their thing, their, their power structure where they lord power over each other. That's how the structure stands. And I told you the other week, the way we roll is that we flip the power pyramid upside down and we get on the bottom of it. So if you, if, you, if you are actually intrigued by the Holy Spirit to adopt this idea of motherhood that, that Jesus purchases for us, it's not about being a boss. You may be a father, a brother, any of, that, any of those things. It's about being a servant. It's important to say. It's important to say because even if you're not at this church, number one, we need to hear it to stay on our toes with it and never abuse it. But if you go anywhere else and people start pulling the, I'm your spiritual daddy now. If you don't, if you don't walk and talk right, then, it might, then it's probably not it, right? It's not the real thing. If it's not down to serve, then that's not it. Let's look in the scripture right here, right? I want to read a couple of verses to you about how God esteems women mothers in the Bible. And their place in the body of Christ. Deuteronomy 5.16 says this Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded, commanded you, so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. God is actually connecting our honor and esteem of mothers, right? Fathers also, but we're talking about mothers today. He is connecting your lifespan. To your honor of your mother. That's what it says in Scripture. So that you may live long and that it may go well with you. See, we have to look at this because, see, when Jesus is on the cross, what he's dealing with and what he's looking up the street looking at is this world that will be trying to tear down women and their identity until it ends. And we're, look, we're looking at a culture that tries to rip the Bible in the shreds, but I just, I'm going to present something different for you. It says Proverbs eight. look at this: Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Your mother's teaching. Mothers are teachers. It says, do not forsake her teaching, a garland of grace around your head and a chain to adorn your neck. That's how God esteems women. Proverbs thirty seventeen. it says this. It says that th- this is the warning, right? It says, the eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother... The raisins of the, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out and the young eagles shall eat it. My mom's in the crowd today. I can attest to this very clearly. My mom said, don't go hang with them. I went and hung with them. Hey, mama, I'm, I'm in jail. Son, don't hang with them. I went to go hang with them. Mama, I'm back in jail again. Despising, despising her words of life she gave me. Right? Proverbs twenty-three, twenty-two says, Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old, buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. Proverbs fifteen twenty says, A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Are y'all seeing this? Does does this begin to, like, stir, does it begin to mess with, like, your idea of how women are esteemed in the word of God? I, I don't know about you, but I would say, yeah, of course I know that's the case. But, like, when you actually read it and you look at this, when Christ calls us a royal priesthood and you look at this status of how, of what, women are and what mothers are and how essential they are to a thriving society and a thriving community of believers. I don't, I don't know about you. After, have, have to honestly repent. I think I've been a little bit too nonchalant about it. This is way more weighty than I've, than I've acknowledged, right? I'm going to read something to you. This is King uh, Lemuel, and this is his mom talking to him. When you listen to this, I want you to think about the part she plays as I read this scripture, this is Mom Dukes getting in his ear. I don't know if anybody says Mom Dukes. So I say that anyway. Does anybody say that? They say that? All right. Proverbs 31, I'm starting at verse 1. It says, the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the poor and needy. So if you look at this, his mom has the ear of the king, and the position she plays, I think some of the things are obvious here, is that she is wise counsel. Right? As the scripture said earlier, she is given wisdom, she's given instruction, and she's given insight. She is playing the part of a truth teller. Right? This is, this is the inheritance of spiritual moms in the body of Christ. Like, if, you, if, you, if you're thinking in your mind, like, what does this actually look like? It looks like that. It looks like that, it's wisdom, instruction, insight. She's counseling him. The words of spiritual mothers are meant to propel the body of Christ family, friends, shape society for the glory of God. It's, it's amazing because when we go back to Mark 10 and we look in the scripture and we talk about this, this, this hundredfold inheritance of houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands. God has mothers standing in the middle of the community. Propelling the movements of this community, right? Looking, looking, at, looking, looking at the men. This is truth. Encouragement. Watch that. Speaking to the young daughters. Baby girl, this is how this rolls. This is how you do that. Let's, this is in the word right here. Talking to the little kids, right? Standing in the community as a monument of truth. This is good news. This is good news in a world that wants to destroy and and ravish women of God. God drops this right in the middle of the scriptures, right? We're in a crazy time in America. It's not the first time we've been in a place like this, but um, I think you can see this all throughout history. But we're in this time where like, there's this revolution to, like, for women to stand up, fight for equality, for power, for strength. And I'll be the first person to, number one, publicly repent that the church has not done that well. We have not honored and esteemed women well at all. Um, We're still being sanctified in that place. Some of us are just coming to to the place of even having an honest conversation and repenting, right? But thank God for that. We got a long way to go, but thank God for that. But I'm concerned about the narrative America is pushing right now. And the reason I'm concerned about it, because I believe that narrative actually makes people feel like they're missing something, and God has everything. He has a royal status that he shows us inside of the scriptures, right? i i feel like satan takes the he 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 he, he perverts what the scripture is talking about. like And so, you know, we read in the Bible and there's different things that speak specifically to women and it talks about like certain things like, you know, etiquette. It says, you know, um, quietness, not yielding to, to, you know, like not yielding to anxiousness to jump into like a, a gossip session, not slandering. Um, it says women, you know, move like this and talk like this and it gives these different things. And I think a lot of people, the way that it's portrayed all the time is that it's like, Somebody's trying to take some rights from you. But I want you to just think about it for a minute. Perhaps Satan is trying to get us to fall for that because he wants us to give up this this, this status of spiritual motherhood. Perhaps he's playing a game, right? Perhaps he's trying to deceive. When the Word of God talks about quietness when it comes to women in the Bible, it's not shh, stay in your place and be quiet, it's, you know how you take a bow and arrow and you pull it back to shoot it, y'all know what I'm talking about? It's, It's pull it way back and let it go with preciseness and effectiveness. It's what God is actually saying. The word of God is speaking directly to this status and this calling, right? That, that, that women of God sit on in God's big plan. And so when he, when he talks about quietness, it's talking about like your words shape this whole thing. Use them w- wisely because they're weighty. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because they're weighty, because they're heavy because they're heavy, because you're inside of this, this big, beautiful thing that is actually going to glorify me. It's going to glorify me. It's going to bring people are going to come in. Sons are going to limp in. Daughters are going to limp in, and you're going to actually speak to them and begin to actually give healing in their life. That's what I actually saved you for and called you into when I brought you into my family. Like, you're about to be super mom, right? Hundredfold, thousandfold voice going past what you can ever imagine. You're going to get to heaven some of you ladies and you're not even going to realize the words you whispered in somebody's ear and it kept on going and was changing people's lives. That's, that's God's family. It's a whole nother game. So it's not hey walk right, don't this and that misstep it's like listen we got something to do and I need you on point. Don't just talk the talk. When you talk drop the bomb. You understand what I'm saying? You're a kingdom builder, a king maker, a queen maker. You understand what I'm talking about? It's not control. It's not control. It's not submit. It's submit to a body, to a, to a husband, to a, a body of brothers and sisters that are called to actually give their life for you. Right? When my house works right, let me just say this or whatever, because people attack this so much. When my house works right, what it looks like, it looks like my, 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 my wife saying, yes, you know, babe, hey, we need to do this. Okay, babe, you know, I don't really agree with that, whatever, let's do this. And then me going, no, no, babe, let's do it your way or whatever. Almost arguing, getting in an argument, trying to please each other. It's not always like that, but you get where I'm coming from. People heard the word submit, they're like, oh, my, I ain't submitting to nobody. God is not trying to take, He's trying to give. You understand what I'm talking about? He's not trying to take, He's trying to give. He has a plan. He has a plan. And the gift we have is that He's dropped us right in it. He's redeemed us. He's saved us by the blood of the, of the Lamb, by His Son, Jesus Christ. And this is our inheritance, this family. This family. It's powerful. It's powerful. Lord. It's not meant to suffocate you. What does it look like? Like, if you're listening. I would say like, what does it look like to step into this? First thing it looks like is to stop, slow down, and receive what I'm saying just by grace. You don't have to perform and don't go run a laundry list off to try to get right in on, the, on the right side of this conversation. Just receive the first thing I started with, Jesus bloody dying on the cross for your sins. There's nothing you can do to earn this status of mother, spiritual mother, spiritual father, spiritual brother, spiritual sister. It was purchased by the blood of Jesus. So we're starting right there. You already got it. So you received that by the work of Jesus on the cross, right? Some things to help you with. Some things that you can actually pray about is accepting responsibility, because I won't fool you. To love your neighbor is to accept a responsibility, right? When he he says that to John, when he says, son, this is your mother. Jesus' mother went and lived the rest of her life in John's house, right? There was some responsibility that was there. And vice versa, when he said, Mother, this is your son, that was a position she began to steward by the grace of God of loving him like a son. It's a gift to us. You're not going to do this in your flesh. You're going to do it holding on to Jesus Christ for dear life and asking for guidance, asking for strength when you're weak. Because some of your brothers and sisters, I know this never happens, are going to get on your nerves. All right? You're going to get on your last nerve. All right? But that's what brothers and sisters do. Another thing we do is we stop. We spend time with Jesus. We pray. We seek him. We read his word. I'm not throwing anything to you that's out of my head. I'm just reading what the scriptures say today. That's what we preach in the scriptures. It's not a grand idea that I came up with. It's the beautiful work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And the more you stop and make it a priority, and you're gonna need help by the, Spirit of, by the Holy Spirit to help you do that too. I'm one of the most anxious, frantic, crazy task lists, longer than your whole body nutcases in the world. And I literally have to go, God, save me from myself. Help me stop and want to be with you. And he'll be faithful in that too. I'm going to read this and then I'm going to close. This is Luke 2, start with verse 25, and I'm going to go to um, 35. Worship team, y'all can go ahead and start coming up. It says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation for the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, I want you to listen to this really well. He said, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. And for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. I'm going to pull this scripture slightly out of context, but I'm not going to pervert it. I'm just trying to be honest when I'm going in a different direction with it but first let me look at the direction they're going. So they're going to get Jesus, they're doing, you know, what is ceremonial and traditional um, for a newborn and Simeon sees them and he's like, oh my God, that's the king, right? And he makes that statement to her. um, And a sword will pierce through your own soul also. This scripture is so heavy to me, right? A couple of years ago I talked about it and what I said was, this, this dynamic between Mary as the mother of Jesus, right? It's, it's um, this is a pitiful example, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna throw it at you. It's like a, a woman being a meth addict, right? Getting pregnant, having a baby, and when she sees the beauty of the baby, she actually is able to actually kick the addiction. But the thing is, the baby has some complications because of her drug usage. So at the same time, so now she has to raise the baby and watch the baby actually go through ridicule, abuse from people, but at the same time, the baby is the only reason she's still standing right now. Do you understand? It's like in the same breath you're holding, you're being broke from your sin, and you're holding your redemption. You get where I'm coming from? I feel bad when I mistreat my kids. You think about what it's like when you mistreat Jesus, who's come to save the whole world. Satan's going to play with that condemnation game a whole nother way. He's going to capitalize off of that one. So he was telling her, it's going to pierce your soul. It's the most amazing thing in the world, and it's going to save and redeem the world. It's the most important event ever, but it is going to rip your soul to pieces. You get where I'm coming from? He told her that early on because he didn't want her to get blindsided with that one. She knew she was holding the God man, but it was the faithfulness of God to let that be whispered in her ear because she was gonna need the Lord with all her might to walk through. And you just imagine her watching her son be brutalized on the cross. I think about Romans 8 and how it says the world is subject to futility. I just want to give the ladies in our church this same kind of encouragement. The world is going to try to rip your soul to pieces because it's the world, because it's subject to futility. In the church, and in this church specifically, I pray that by the grace of God, we are always growing on how to love you well and serve you better. But we're made out of flesh, right? And so by the grace of God is how this is going to actually move forward and it's the only way it can move forward. Um, But I say it to you to encourage you in this, no matter what happens, is still Jesus. He still died on the cross. He still has made a brand new family. And I'm going to end with this right here. This scripture up here, when he says, when he's talking, he says, and who, he says, um, I'm sorry. Hold on. All right. And who will not receive a hundred and who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time? houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with present persecutions soul ripping persecutions and in the age to to come eternal life when jesus died on the cross he redeemed our deadness and made us alive in him and his promises that we will have eternal life forever i leave you with that i thank you mothers you sisters you daughters for all that you are, for all the words that you have encouraged me with, for all the words that you will encourage just the body of Christ with, and um, and we just exalt God for you and uh, thank you. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, y'all can stay in church. We're about to sing and have communion. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you, God. We thank you for this day. Um, I thank you for um, my church family, Father. Thank you for um, just making us rich for, I thank you for my, my, my blood family, and I thank you for my blood-bought family through Jesus, Father, Lord, and, and, um, and I just exalt you for it, Father, like, um, I don't grasp the mercy you lavish us with, the grace you lavish us with, um, you just keep looking inside of this word and my mind is just always blown at the way you respond to these right now problems um, and how it's just been there waiting all this time. Um, I'm encouraged for my sisters who are in the midst of struggles, who are hurting, who are grieving. I thank you Father Lord that you looked at all of that And you responded with your son on the cross. And you say, I'm going to make all things new. I'm going to make everything brand new. I'm going to pay it all back. Somebody's going to answer for all that. So God, we just thank you for redemption. We thank you for grace. We thank you for mercy. We thank you for Jesus, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen.